0: Oh my God, it's so so nice to talk to fucking adults. It's so fucking good. Oh my God. And I'm swearing. It's so nice. Oh.
1: Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind
2: your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it.
3: Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 115 of Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith, that's me, and my good friend Morgan Richards.
2: Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, your resident Dawson's geek, and it's episodes like this is what you go to Sapnin for. Uh,
3: (laughs) Ah, I'm still not happy, I'm still not 100% (laughs) happy with it. But I do wish I was in the year 3000. Awful pun. Um, (laughs) Yes, this week's guest is Matt Willis. Uh, He's fantastic. Musician, actor, NHS volunteer. That blew blew my mind. That was a bit that uh, shocked me. And he's potentially met uh, some of Joe Exotic's Tigers, which we mentioned. So, uh, yeah, thanks very much to Matt Willis for coming on. We had a good laugh. He's mentioned me a couple of times after. What an interesting chat.
2: Yeah, he's definitely a man of all traits. And this is an extra cool one for me. I'm very happy about this. But literally, a former king of the jungle, base extraordinaire, and overall beautiful soul... He's a guy we've wanted on the podcast for a while. He's someone I've grown up with, following him with all his projects from Busted to solo work, randomly see him on the telly every now and again. And we just thought we'd get him on and see what he's up to. Obviously, we've had a lot of love for Busted on this podcast with Charlie Simpson regularly appearing on the show. And, regularly,
3: like? Yeah. Every he's- 10 minutes. <laughs> Do you know what? I am sick of how many times we've had to restart these podcasts because charlie's just wandered in
2: <laughs> Ah, I yeah. leave
3: it man charlie leave it
2: but we're, we're advocates as well of how important that band is for a lot of people growing up blending that rock and pop mixture and it's just a lovely insight into a different aspect of their story and believe me matt doesn't hold back one bit at one
3: point, I thought I offended him and I did, definitely didn't mean to. No. So but keep, a, keep a year out for that.
2: Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it's, it's just funny and deep throughout the conversation. And we touch on everything from the band's current status to their original breakup and reunion, how he dealt with his time away from music for quite a while, that solo record in 2006, the whole Muck Busted experience and his relationship with McFly at the moment, and just everything from mental health to a Variety, being a father and a beautiful story of his wife emma willis so it's all going on i confess my love i get my nerdy hat on we have a laugh it's just classics happening with willis included
3: yes it is um yeah if you've enjoyed any of the 115 episodes we've put out or if this is your first time listening thank you very much thank you very much i can't get over this but yeah like like morgan said we've uh done previous episodes with charlie so check them out as well There's some of our favorite episodes he appears on our slam dunk episode as well which is uh good fun
2: well he um, te- well technically is drunk charlie and i guess that's a whole different persona and person really it,
3: it yeah it did seem like <laughs> it. it very much seemed like it but uh, yeah if you've enjoyed any of these 115 episodes we've put out so far please think about checking out patreon.com forward slash sapnin because as a famous supermarket says every little helps and <laughs> uh, yeah you can help support this podcast and help us carry on making this so yeah patreon.com forward slash sapnin you get to become part of the sapnin patreon community which is one of the greatest things i've ever been involved with so thank you very much to everybody who's already part of it being part of it always considering being part of it
2: yeah literally the community is one of our favorite things about doing this podcast everyone is a wonderful human beings and you get to meet some lovely friends there's loads of new content going to be appearing on our patreon wall exclusively hopefully on a weekly basis i've said that now i've probably done myself in with that um but yeah, everything would help so, so much. Patreon.com forward slash Sapnin. It's literally just me and Sean who make these. There's no extra person that helps with us anything. So it would mean the world. And I know it's a tough time. So if you cannot support us financially, that's cool. You listening to this podcast is more than enough. But please, if you could head over to our social media accounts at SapninPod on Twitter and Instagram. Give us a follow, a like and share our stuff. That would mean the world as well. Just get it out there. Get it out there.
3: Yes, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. That's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D.
2: Yes, should we get on with it? Yes, this is the fantastic Matt Willis from Busted and, well... Fame in general. So check this out. It's (laughs) wonderful. Not just busted fame. Fame. Just fame. Just fame. Famous chap. Nice. (laughs) I might write that. I I haven't
3: made the graphic yet. I might might just write uh, Matt Willis. Fame. Just fame.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Here it is anyway. Satnin! Satnin!
4: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile.
2: Sapnin! 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 Yes, yes, <laughs> yes! our yes. guest week, our guest this week
3: is the absolutely fabulous Matt Willis of busted, um, acting uh, <laughs> as of late pantomime fame. I can't. This is what I want to get into more than anything. This is what I want to get into more than anything. But yeah, our guest this week is Matt Willis. So thank yes. you very, very much for giving us your time, Matt.
0: Oh no, thanks for having me, man. Thanks very much. You um, you asked me, and I immediately said, well, I'm doing. Fuck all else. So yes, <laughs> yes. I would yeah. love to. Oh, yeah. Can I just clear one thing up? It wasn't a pantomime. It what was, what it, was a, it? It was a musical of a Christmas. Ah, time. I'm gutted. But, it, but because, oh, the because exactly, um, but because it was on a Christmas time, it's very confused with a pantomime. I'm sorry, But, um, I am but very it, but it sorry wasn't. About it was a very, very, very intelligently written a musical I'll have you know
3: oh good well yeah I, no it's not no this is the thing I wanted to say oh I no go, it wasn't is, oh yes it
1: oh, was
2: good <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad you took that opportunity
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh well this is the wildest start we've had to one so far oh I think. yeah but, um, no I was going to ask no no because I genuinely I genuinely want would get into pantomimes if, if anybody would offer me one so yeah I was just going to talk about you know just on the off chance that Cardiff musical theatre. I know lots
0: and lots and lots of actors. Right, um, I've done musical theatre since I was a kid. Right, so um, so I know lots of actors who do panto and they do it because um, they earn a shit ton of money for it because it's like it's you do four shows a day. It's pretty fucking awful, but you do four shows a day, so you earn proper wedge. So lots of people do it, and I've not really, I've only really met one person who loves it. Everyone else goes, I fucking hated it. I hated it. Because you're basically going out to a bunch of, you know, kids who cry or have like spinny things on the top of their head, you know, little lights that flash up and no one gives a shit what you're doing. And it's, um, and actually what you're doing is, is pretty awful. Although I love going to watch a panto. I go and watch a panto. I have a fantastic time. So, um, um I'm not against it. And to be honest, <laughs> if I have another year, like I've had last year, I'm fucking signing up. I'll be there, I'll be there in stockings or whatever they need me to be in, I'll be there
3: oh, uh, Yeah, I was just trying to get myself a future job because uh, my, my singing voice is terrible And I can kind of, I can shout talk, which is perfect for pantomime So Absolutely I thought, oh,
1: perfect,
0: get- you're in I-,
3: I thought, if we got this chat going now, maybe somebody would go Oh, let's get that Welsh idiot in, because <laughs> I'm up for it, I'll play anything At this point, yeah, you've got to have a bad year to do it I've literally had a bad five years, and I'm looking to do it.
2: (laughs) Wow, this is a a unique start, I gotta say. But like, obviously, it's a pleasure to have you on, Matt. Um, How have you been these last few well months, almost a year now in uh, a lockdown world? I know you've been doing a lot of homeschooling
0: and everything at home. Yeah, homeschooling is my life at the moment. Um, I I realised I did, I definitely did not miss my calling in life. (laughs) as a teacher shall we say um i've always thought i'm quite a um um apart from a period of my life when i was an absolute drunk and drugged up idiot most of my life i'm pretty chill i'm like i'm pretty calm kind of quite a like you know a chill kind of guy put me in any teaching scenario and i become an absolute fucking dickhead I'm the worst person to be around. I just, I I, I don't know what happens to me. I'm like, it's two plus one. What can't you get about this? You know, when actually I'm a fucking idiot. I don't have a GCSE to my name. And, and, And also the other thing that annoys me about it is I get a bit cross about it, but really I don't give a fuck. I'm like, I don't care if you're <laughs> good at school or not? You know, I don't care. Yeah. You know, I've done all right. I didn't fucking go to school. <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. yeah, so it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. It's weird. I don't know what comes mm. over me. <laughs> yeah, so that's my life right now. Sorry, I'm glad I vented that. I vented that. I feel a bit more. I feel like ass off my chest now. I can be. That's um, what we're here I can for. Be calm you about. Can... Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I, I, I feel better. I feel better already.
3: Yeah, it's turned into
0: a i have It really has.
3: It, really has it. <laughs> um,
0: so that's my life at the moment. Um, I don't know. It was weird because I, I was at drama school when, when the pandemic hit. Because, um, I mean, Busted finished touring in, in September in 2019. And I'd done a year and a half at a drama school in London. I left um, after that last term to go and make the record and tour that album. And so I had one more year left at drama school. So I was okay. like, so we finished touring in September and I went straight back into drama school. And then in March the pandemic happened and I had one more I had about 4 weeks left of my course. So um so um uh, so that's kind of done. And then since then I've just been kind of a self-taping out of work actor, which has been um you know, what, what could be the rest of my life, but we'll see, you know. Um, Uh, Are you um, you, you auditioning for anything at the moment or sending? Constantly. I mean, it's kind of, um, it's, 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 it's kind of like this, this just part and parcel. Like right now I've got like a little room set up in my house where there's a screen and a, and a ring light and I get sent scripts and I I send them off. Some of them I get through to the next stage. Most of them I don't, you know, um, we're supposed to be doing, I really, I was supposed to be doing a musical in April, um, uh this year and i'm not sure what's happening with that i mean i really want to do it it's like one of my favorite shows in in the world and i'd love to fucking do it so um if it goes ahead it's i've got the part and it's all happening but i mean right now we don't know what's going on so um so i don't know mm. yeah
3: yeah are they all are they all social will they all be well they'd have to be socially distanced i guess so
0: well, I think well, the idea was everyone was thinking it was going to be all right by then. You know, when, when we were talking in, like, October about this show that was happening May next year, they were like, oh, that's fine. Everything will be fine. We'll be totally cool by then. We can yeah. hug and snog and everything. But, um, <laughs> but it, I don't know how well that's looking, <laughs> you know, so, um, so I don't know. But um, I signed up to the, um, to the St. John's Ambulance vaccination team the other day. Oh. So um, I'm now part of that. I start my training um, next week. So I have to do like, um, I think I have to do 20 hours online and then eight hours face to face. And then I go and help people get the vaccine, which is quite exciting. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so that's amazing. It um, um, oh. should be fucking exciting, right? I mean they, they I think they need like thirty thousand volunteers is what they said to the NHS, wow. what they will they're well, gonna supply. So I
3: didn't even know you could do that. So <laughs>
0: yeah, just... I'm having a look at that now. It's, it's it's amazing. I mean, really, it's like um although like I can't actually jab people, I can't vaccinate people because you need two A levels oh. to be able to do that, apparently. Really? Oh. Apparently you, you could have an A level in woodwork and fucking, you know, whatever and <laughs> be able to jab people, but apparently jumping up and down pulling faces and playing the bass doesn't qualify (laughs) to be able to jab people in the arm with a potential life-saving vaccine so uh, so i I think all i do is fill out the computer when they arrive and show them Uh, where to stand you know see I i i love the idea though of someone
2: being very nervous to get this injection go into the room and this. Is that Matt from Busted?
0: <laughs> check me? What? That's what's so good about me <laughs> is I'll, yeah, I'll be fucking covered in shit. So I'll have a mask uh, I'll have glass uh, on yeah, the No one will notice me. I'll be there going, ha, hi. You know, hoping to death someone turns up in busted merch.
3: Oh, yeah, right. I was just about to say you, you are gonna have about five thousand busted vans out claiming that you vaccinated <laughs>
0: yes, them.
3: Exactly. I pr- he did me, he definitely did me, and I said that's it, claim to fame forever. Matt did it, did he? Because I think he's on the computers. No, he definitely did he it. He definitely
0: mm. did it. My arm fell off. <laughs> yeah. He definitely did it. <laughs> yeah,
3: that, <laughs> that's awesome. I didn't even yeah. know you could sign up for that. I'm going to look into that.
0: Yeah, look into it, man. They're looking. They need people. It's um, you know, it's um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, oh, I want, I want some. I want the world back. Yeah, you know, whatever, yeah, in whatever well, way, shape, or form we can do it. I'm like, I'm, I'm up for it. I'll do it. Yeah. You know? So um, just,
3: just see, just see in New Zealand. Uh, how <laughs> it is at the moment, and they they're doing gigs. It is
0: I know, I'm just so jealous. I know. It makes me so jealous. Like I was, I was watching the news the other night, and they were showing a picture of them. They were showing some videos of Guernsey, and um, and Guernsey is living a beautiful life. I was like, it's only down the road. <laughs> Fucking Guernsey. I'd,
3: yeah, I'd swim it for a gig. Exactly. 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 <laughs> oh, God. That'd be
2: amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah.
3: But I, yeah, I just don't know how everybody in the UK doesn't see those photos of like New Zealand, Guernsey, Australia, and go right. Whatever they fucking did, let's do that now. For exactly. Christ's sake, exactly. Let's get gigs back
0: uh, uh, today. Exactly. Okay, so we've made some mistakes. You know, I understand that. Let's let's stop. Let's stop fucking around and do whatever whatever they did and do it right yeah. now. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and,
3: um, yeah, we need it yeah. ASAP.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
2: But yeah but I mean on a, on a more positive note and uh, you know <laughs> aside from the pandemic world is it quite a strange feeling for you now getting to look back at stuff and realizing that you're at a point in your life where you have so many different avenues and things going on at the same time you know busted as a band again you're acting you're a podcaster you're just doing all this stuff is, is it quite weird to think how everything's planned out now and you're you're juggling everything
0: um yeah do you know what? I mean to be honest i mean for such a big part of my life i never thought busted would ever get back together i mean Mm. and um you know and if i'm sure if you look through interviews charlie made it very very apparent that that would never possibly ever happen you know so um um but i always wanted it to you know i always felt like we had unfinished business you know because we never made the album we wanted to make you know when i think back to um um, I was talking to my son about it the other day because my son's, um, I got him a bass and I'm kind of trying to teach him to play some stuff. I mean, I'm once again a terrible teacher. But um, but it was, um, you know, I was kind of talking to him about it and we were kind of listening to the first album and I found it quite hard to listen to. You know, if I'm honest, I found it quite hard to kind of listen to okay. with any kind of, i suppose sense of pride is a is a is a is a a bad choice of words because i'm proud of the songs you know like year 3000 is an ace up our sleeve forever we can play a fucking festival in Papua new guinea and no one's heard of the band ever (laughs) and we play year 3000 and everyone jumps up and down you know it's just a song that will be with us forever and so i'm very proud of that song you know but that first album i struggled to listen to because it was um you know, it's um, it's produced in a certain way. It wasn't the album that we ever really set out to make. And it kind of made us into a band that I don't think any of us realized we were going to be, you know, mm. um, in a way. Like like we really, you know, like when me and James first started writing writing songs together, we were just writing pop songs. We were writing like, I mean, I don't know if you remember, like B.B. Mac-esque kind of like pop songs, to guitars, you know, just writing pop music. And then we discovered Blink-182, you know, and they literally overnight changed our life. We bought like the American Pie 2 soundtrack. And that fucking album changed my life. Like it literally did it Introduced me to a world of music, which I'd never really listened to before. I remember my brother listening to Dookie when I was a kid, it was the first album that I remember that kind of style of music, but like, um, but really it really kind of catapulted us into this world. And so we kind of thought we were writing those songs, you know, we were like, we're going to be like this, you know, and um, that album kind of, and what happened in the, from that year onwards kind of made us into something slightly different. And don't get me wrong. I still had a fucking fantastic time and I'm very grateful for it. And I love the band and I love what it meant to people, but we never really did. If I'm honest, what we ever intended to do. You okay. know? And even the second record, which was a progression didn't quite scratch that itch for me, you know, and for Charlie, you know, and, and I suppose in some ways for James, you know, James was um, um, a bit more content with it than me and Charlie, I think, but, um, but, um, but we didn't really scratch our edge. So, so the last busted album we made, we really went and went, Do you know what? Let's make the album that we've always, that we always wanted to make. And I think we kind of achieved that.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's, definitely. Uh, it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I remember when we had, yeah. I remember when we had Charlie on and we were talking about it and you could see, you could see the passion in his eyes and it like he lit up talking about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Cause I mean, and also the album before we made an album called Night Driver, which was the first album we made back together, because when we kind of got back together, to be honest, the reason we broke up is um, is because we all liked different things and we all wanted different things and musical conflict happened you know and like um and and especially between james and charlie there was a big kind of divide in what was happening and charlie you know um found fight star which he loved and gave him everything mm. he needed and i never really begrudged him of that because i saw how at times, fucking miserable, he was in Busted, you know, so I was kind of, I was in some ways really happy for him to be doing something that made him happy, you know, and, um, and, and James just couldn't really understand that because James loved the music and loved the band, didn't understand why Charlie didn't feel um, as passionately as he did about it, you know, so, um, so when we got back together and we made Night Driver, we sat down and we were like, right, and I could kind of see trouble happening. I was like, it's all kind of nice that we're talking again. But as soon as we start writing music, shit's going to go down. You know, I was like, this is going to be fucking problems again. I was like, what can we do? So we basically had discussions about stuff that we love, you know, and James and Charlie both love Bruce Hornsby and like these kind of, um, and we all love Phil Collins and these kind of like 80s kind of pop sounds that we kind of all kind of grew up with, but still loved and still influenced us. So we really went to town on that and we made this album um, called Night Driver, which really kind of encapsulated how we were feeling about music at that moment, which was the only way we could find common ground at that specific moment in time. And that served us really well. I don't know quite how much the fan base loved that record, um, but I and james and charlie all loved it and we made, and we did something which we were really proud of and certain parts of our fan base loved it but then when it came to the next record we were like right well we've kind of done that you know so we, so we can kind of go any way we want to with this we can go you know so at the time we were like we worked with you know dj fresh we worked with some very different people to try and kind of like go down different roads and see what happened. And everything felt false. Everything felt like we were trying too hard. We were trying to be something else. Um, we wrote all these different styles of songs, you know, like, um, I know every band fucking says we wrote a hundred songs. We didn't write a hundred songs. We probably wrote like five in each different genre, you know, but, like, but really we, um, we wrote some songs in, in different kind of forms and nothing felt right. And it was like the obvious fucking thing staring us in the face. We're like, why don't we write a fucking unapologetic busted album, busted album now that we that we wished we could have always made? And so we sat down and we started writing these songs. And '90s happened, which was the lead single from that album, because me and Dougie from McFly had wrote a song years ago with that riff. And the oh, song wow. and the song was terrible, but the riff was brilliant. <laughs> um, and so we just went. I just phoned Dougie and went, Dougie, can I can I use that riff? And he was like, Fuck yeah! So I was like, Great. So we 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 got that riff off my computer and we stuck that on Charlie's computer. And then we wrote nineties within like literally ten minutes, you know. And like oh, wow. then it was like then we were like, Bang! Right, okay, we can write a busted album. And you know what? We were good at that. <laughs> hmm. And it happened. And, and funnily enough, we were good at writing yeah. busted songs, and it, ha- and it happened really quickly and really organically. Yeah. And um, and I f- I absolutely loved it. You know, I loved it so so much. You know, and um, and, and making that record was a real kind of um, made me feel really proud. You know, when I listened mm. back to that record, everything about it I love.
3: How does how did uh, writing and producing with DJ Fresh come about, and how did it go? Like I'd done. I've never kind of been in that world with a producer like that.
0: Uh, it was very different. I mean, to be honest, it was basically um, we were kind of looking for different avenues of how to kind of work and how to produce and how to make music. Because we wrote everything on acoustic guitar and then took it to a studio and, and then put drum tracks down and played bass. And, you know, that's kind of how we always did everything. And um, and we were just looking at different ways, and um, because everything we were hearing on the radio wasn't that, you know, and still isn't that, you know, and it's um and we were like, right, we 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 without meaning to, we've kind of become a nostalgic act, and so how do we how do we not be that, you know, because we were so scared of that, I think, you know, we looked at bands that were nostalgic and we were scared of that. That was a terrifying word to us, which was unwarranted really, but really it was, it was, um, you know, we didn't want to be that. So we were like, fuck ma'am, how do we fucking, you know, keep, you know, up with the kids or whatever, you know? So, um, so um, our record company knew someone was looking for someone to cover a song. I can't remember what the fucking song was, but DJ Fresh was going to produce it. So we went down to meet with him to sing this cover for him to release and we just got on well with him he's a really great guy was a really fucking cool guy and we got on really well we started writing songs and it kind of progressed and we spent about two weeks in his studio in his house and it was a really fun time but um but it just wasn't right you know it it was really fun and i I think we could have made really interesting music together but it wasn't busted you know it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't busted it could have been great for someone else but it just wasn't right for us and in the end we had to kind of go guys we're we're (laughs) we're kidding ourselves here. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, I think this is a little bit embarrassing, you know, so in in some weird way for me, it felt a bit awkward and kind of like this doesn't feel like us, you know, when it just, it just, it just felt weird, you know? So, but we tried loads of different things like that. We worked with different people. We went away. We went to different houses, went to different studios, all to try and get away from the fact that actually what makes busted busted is me james and charlie you know which is the essence of it really because if you think about it you know like um if any busted fans are are listening you know it's the, the reason busted works is because you couldn't find three more fucking different people in the world you know, like none of us are like any of us whatsoever. Like, you know, like yeah. so you wouldn't put three of us together in anything, but for some reason this thing works, you know, so it's um, um, for short periods of time, you know, so, um, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and, and, and that ran its course in September uh, in 2019. <laughs> and it was ready to kind of go, right, okay, guys, I love you all, you know, but I think we need to take some time away. And that's also brilliant about busted now is because we don't, we don't have anything like, I think we'll do busted forever. I really do, you know, and, nice. and it'll be Good one team. of those things that we come together every three or four years and make a record and tour it and have the most amazing time and then come back to our lives and, and, and then go away and do it again, you know? And that's, and that's, and that's perfectly okay. You know? And I think, I think as long as we, we, we treat it like that and we treat it with the respect it deserves, you know, um, You know, I think I don't get too deep, but, um, you know, as long as you don't do anything, which jeopardizes your soul, I think you can always (laughs) make it work, you know? And, um, I think that's what it is Busted. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I think that's, that's probably one of the healthiest ways to run a band, really. I think Mm. that's probably the perfect way to be able to just step away and then come back later on. And yeah,
2: but like but with what you said as well about the three of you just having being so different and having different influences, I think you as a busted fan, that's something that always draws people back is because as they've grown older, they've seen those different influences than what they've listened to the band first time or music you're, you're currently working on now. But you mentioned really in that beginning and listening back to the first record and what you pick up on now. Um, Charlie's talked a lot in the past about that kind of internal battle about being perceived as a pop versus rock band. You know, you had those kind of pop punk energy, but it was all produced and publicized like you were in a boy band in many ways. Was that something for you that was it was was quite hard because you know i know you're a massive kind of admirer of punk and the alternative scene and everything like that but you do enjoy some mainstream music and pop acts and stuff as well so was it quite weird to uh, write those songs but be perceived in, in a different way um
0: when it first started i didn't really care to be honest when we first got signed and we were doing photo shoots and making videos and those fucking girls screaming at us and shit I was like oh my fucking god you know I was like I was like this is amazing you know like i yeah.
2: yeah. oh, complaining this is
0: fucking brilliant you know and I, and I really did feel that for the first kind of year you know I kind of was just like um When we first started writing songs, me and James were obsessed by Max Martin, you know, the Swedish songwriter who wrote all the Backstreet Boys songs, all the NSYNC songs, all the Britney songs. And we really studied him. You know, that first album that Busted wrote was really every song was structured around some kind of Max Martin-esque song, you know. So, like, um, like, we really studied him and really kind of worked out how he wrote songs and how he wrote hooks you know, and, 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 and that was really kind of a real part of us. And, and then it had a massive, you know, obviously Blink 182 and these kind of bands that kind of come into our life and, and we were kind of grabbing influence from them as well. So really I wasn't like, um, um, You know, I wasn't against pop in any way, you know, I mean, um, you know, I obviously, um, you know, like through my brother and through my um, my my upbringing, I kind of had a love of like, you know, the Sex Pistols and Clash and stuff like that. But that wasn't really what I was about. I was, if anything, so fucking pleased not to be in my hometown and be stuck doing the same old shit that I've been doing my whole life. I was so fucking happy to be doing this incredible shit that I didn't really think about that for the first year. It was only when the second album happened and um, and cracks started to appear within the band that I started to become a bit reflective, self-reflective, and actually look at it and go, well, actually, what do I want? And um, And at the time, I didn't really know. I knew what Charlie didn't want and I knew what James wanted. But at the time, I was a bit like... I don't really know i'm kind of happy you know like i kind of like doing this am i a bit insecure within this band yes you know that was my biggest problem i I think i felt i kind of felt like the third wheel i kind of felt like this weird kind of like um i felt a bit of an insecurity between the three of us but um but that was all that was really going on for me but when i think about if we had stayed together if we hadn't have broken up when we did it would have been a catastrophe. You know, it would have been that abs- we absolutely should have broke up when we should have. And believe me, like everyone tried to get me and James to stay together. Everyone was like, just, okay, Charlie's going to leave. That's going to be fine. But you and James can still carry on making music. But me and James, when we started this band, went to every fucking record company known to man as the two of us, and no one gave a shit. We put a, we, we auditioned Charlie in two weeks later. We signed a fucking massive record deal. <laughs> so, so it was like, I understand why this man suddenly worked. You know, we needed a, we needed a ridiculously talented, handsome front man, you know, and, um, and without him, you know, I felt like Busty would have lost something and it, and it would have, and it would have been very weird without him, you know, like, um, so it was the right thing to do. And I'm so happy that it kind of came back around the way it does. I have such an incredible relationship with Charlie now. And with James, you know, we, we just have this um, – it's, it's a fucking weird relationship, but it's beautiful and brilliant, you know, because we're not like best friends. We're not. We're not like – we don't pick up the phone when we need to talk to someone. You know, we're not like that. But we have this um, this bond that is unbreakable. And I think that's with e- what happens with anybody in a band because being in a band is different. It's not. It's not like brothers. It's not like friends. It's kind of like being in a fucking – it's kind of like being with a group of your mates from your class forever. You know what I
2: mean? Like it's a
0: different different relationship, you know, you love them and you care about them, but you know, like, it's a very, very strange relationship. And, um, and as time has gone on, it's become more and more kind of, um, important to me to kind of keep that up, you know?
2: Yeah, well, that's beautiful to hear. I mean, especially after all these years that you guys just have that kind of connection now. But looking at Busted, I I wanted to kind of get into a, a few other things as well, because obviously when you and James got back together with McFly to form muckbusted you'd been away from music for quite some time I mean obviously in 2006 you released a, a solo album but in between you obviously had gone into tv and presenting it and all that kind of stuff for you was there like any nerves about like getting the band back to get like going back on stage and going from not playing a show in years to playing multiple Wembleys and O2 Arenas and just everywhere uh, up and down the, the nation really um,
0: yes, yeah, I was terrified. I was absolutely <laughs> terrified. But um, to be honest, also I kind of um, I don't get too dark and deep about it. But um, you know, sobriety is a big part of my life, right? And um, and drinking drugs have really fucking ruined my life on multiple occasions. And since not being in a band and not being on tour. I'd managed to sort that out, you know, and I've managed to become a person that I was quite proud of and people wanted to have a round, you know, and, um, (laughs) and I had a family and everything. So I was a bit nervous about kind of going, am I strong enough to do this again? You know, like, but then I, you know, then I thought to myself, well, wait, 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 wait. I'm not going on tour with fucking Slayer. I'm going on tour you know, I'm going on tour with McFly and James Bourne. This is going to be absolutely yeah. fine. <laughs> you know, so um, so um, it was um, it was it was that was um, but that did come into my head for a little while. And me and my wife talked about it quite mm. a lot. You know, but it was um, uh, for me also, I'm not, I'm not a very talented musician. I have to work really hard. Like um, it doesn't come naturally to me. Like um, like um, when Busted first started, me and James played acoustic guitar. When I met him, I could play Wonderwall. That was it you know and, um, and then we kind of learned to play Blink songs and Green Day songs and some 41 songs and Busted songs and that was it you know on acoustic guitars and then we kind of signed a record deal got Charlie involved Charlie was fucking so much better than both of us and they were like well, one of you you can't be the fucking free musketeers one of you's got to you know play <laughs> something else and, um, and so like Matt you got to play bass and I was like all right what the fuck is that <laughs> you know, and, uh, and, uh, and so then I had to kind of learn on the fly. So the first album, I had very little to do with that bass playing, you know, and, um, and, from the second album, I got better, you know, and then we ended. And so in that time, I very rarely played. So leading up to the McBusted tour, I spent six months, with a bass teacher every fucking day for three hours because I had such insecurity about that, that I didn't want to feel that anymore, you know, like, um, so I really kind of worked my ass off of that. And I still do now, like it's there. I play for half an hour every single day because, um, because it stops me feeling like a piece of shit, you know? So, um, (laughs) and it's, um, and, 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 and I think you'll hear that throughout, throughout busted is just kind of becoming a bit more, um a part of me but it's not but it's not like um i don't have that um like james is insane like you put him down in front of a fucking i don't know a a fucking if you give him a trumpet right he's never played in his life within two hours he'll give you something you know like he's just like that he's just fucking talented ridiculously and charlie's the same charlie's very very talented as well so for me it was really um i'm not like that I have to really work. So like before every tour, I start about two months before everybody else and I go and I practice and I learn everything because I hate, hate the idea of walking into the rehearsal room and note bashing or not knowing what I'm doing or being put in that impending nightmare that I have when I wake up in a sweat when I've been put on the stage and told to play a song, which I don't know. It's that, it's that forever fear that I have, you know, so, um, um, but I do, I do love it now. I do love playing now. So it's, um, it's become part of my life.
2: Yeah. And when you think back of the, uh, that whole McBusted tour as well. I I mean, in a weird way, do you think it was the perfect gateway to get busted back together? I mean, I'm sure you and James probably have had offers from like things to try and do something together in the past, but it was doing that with a bunch of friends that you've known for years in McFly and just having that kind of freedom to have fun, a a weird way to, to
0: get everything back to what it is now. Um, Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was a really kind of, um, I loved McBusted and I still do think of it as some of the most fun I've ever had in my life because it was so unserious and there was nothing. There was so, you know, the word cool never came into any meeting, any conversation, you know, nothing ever like that ever slipped in. It was just all about having a fucking really fun, awesome time. And it happened really organically, you know, like James played James opened for McFly randomly. James was writing some songs with McFly for their album and he was on tour they were on tour i think in manchester in a theater and he was backstage and they were like james do you want to go on and play some songs before we go on and he was like all right so he literally <laughs> just, walk, just walked on not unannounced unannounced and played um a, a song that no one knew Get him. Get anyway, yes. get him. Ain't that that fucking you know, dude from <laughs> Busted, but like ten years older? What song's that? You know. Um, uh, so so he did that. He played a song which no one knew, and then he played a Busted album track. Um, uh, I think it was Everything I Knew. I can't remember, but the place went fucking mad, and people filmed it and sent it to me. Um, like Busted's old manager, who was McFly's manager, sent it to me and went look at this and i was like holy shit people still care you know because I, I didn't think people cared anymore we'd had offers in the past like that fucking show um i can't remember what it was but they got bands back together that that thing had approached us and all that kind of stuff i was like no way you know like it just um it just, nothing felt right and um and then that happened and it and they were like come come down we're playing we're playing the o2 come down come down and say hi you know, and so I was like, all right. So I went back and I hadn't seen these guys for years, you know, so I went back. Um, I obviously knew McFly, McFly and my friends. I um, obviously kept in contact with James, but not management and, and, and kind of like promoters and mm. agents and shit. I haven't seen these people for years. And um, and I got there and there was, um, there was a definite like... <gasps> Like when I was there, like I could feel like people were very pleased to see me. And I was like, something's going on here, you know? And, um, yeah. and, um, and then we kind of, um, and then James went on and did the same thing again. And I sat in the crowd and watched the fucking reaction. And, um, and he played the same album track. That is a first album track, you know, like it wasn't a single. He didn't play year 3000 and the place erupted. The place went absolutely fucking mental. I mean, and James looked, you know, just like he walked out of bed, you know, just walked <laughs> on stage. He wasn't like looking like a pop star or anything. And um and it was just it was quite an amazing experience. And I was like, wow, you know, there's something in this, you know, but Charlie's never gonna do it again. And I don't wanna do it without him. I just don't. I don't want to do busted without Charlie Simpson. You know, so um I was like, you know, there was, there was talk at times, maybe we can replace him, maybe we can find someone from another band to kind of step in. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Busted is busted because it's the three of us, you know, and that's why we broke up in the first place, because otherwise we would have just replaced him then. But um, so they were like, well, what if you kind of go on tour with McFly and um, you kind of play each other's songs? And like, so you kind of go on and you play some busted songs and then McFly plays some songs and they kind of become your backing band to play some busted songs. I was like, oh, that sounds kind of fun. I'll play a few shows like that. That sounds a laugh. So then we um, we went on stage with them and we played two songs um, at their Royal Albert Hall show. And it was just yeah. fucking magic. It just felt incredible. <laughs> and it just really was um, like, it's making the hairs on my arms stand up. It was really one of those moments that I felt like, um, I, f- I, I don't know, I fe- I, it felt fucking incredible. And and also that anybody gave a shit still was the most amazing thing to me because I hadn't done this for 10 years, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, seven years or something. So it was incredible. and um, And from then we walked off stage, And they were like, okay, so 24 arenas, going to be a blah, 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 blah. I was like, what? What the fuck? (laughs) You know?
1: And and also,
0: like, um, and we we hadn't called it anything. And basically, the lighting guy, uh, the lighting guy, just before we went on, um, because we were going to go on and play these songs and kind of um, me and James were going to come on with McFly, had just put on Muck. And then busted there because that's the, the number of lights ah. they had at the back that could, they could spell. So they just put muck and then busted back. And so suddenly that was our name, you know, and, um, and it just fucking went crazy. I mean, and the first tour was was the most insane thing ever. And because it sold out, we had a bit of cash. So we could really spend some wedge on production and kind of do everything we ever wanted to do. It was just um, It was just a really amazing experience. I loved it. You know, I really had the most amazing time. Well,
2: Well, yeah, you got to literally get a DeLorean for that tour. I was gobsmacked by that. Yeah,
0: we've still got that. That's in storage. That cost me fucking £400 a month. That fucking Delorean. What? No, it's not that much. Um, no, it, huh. uh, it, it, cost, it cost me. It cost me. Uh, <laughs> uh, like I still get bills from this fucking storage company because we've got a Delorean that we don't know what to do with. That is, um, <laughs> it's not a real Delorean. It's made. It's made of wood. But like, it's in uh, storage somewhere, wow. just in focus? case. You know, we need to do it again. So it's, um, so it's in storage somewhere. So um, if anyone wants to buy it, um, uh, it's available for sale. Through um, uh, approach me. But, um, but yeah, so it was, um, it was, uh, it was a really am- amazing, amazing thing.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. Wow. I yeah. I went to that tour. It was, um, mm. it was fantastic. Um, yeah, it was a good laugh. Oh, you, oh, um, you, you came before, to the tour? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Jason Perry sorted me out. Um, Jason Perry sorted me out oh, with, nice. uh, oh, Tom. Great, Rex, like it was, uh, yeah, it was good. It was a good day.
2: Yeah. Um Well, I don't wanna I don't wanna brag, but I saw you three times when that in my question, so it's we've got to do We're
3: we're having a Willis off, are we? <laughs> are
2: we <late> <laughs> What's
3: it? <this?
2: laughs> Uh, Oh, I win because my first gig was busted, so I mean... Uh, Oh, was it really? Your first show was busted? Wow! Newport Centre, like 2004 it must have been. Oh my god, Uh, fuck. Something like that. Wow, amazing. Yeah. So yeah. really,
3: Matt Morgan owes you everything. He's gone now. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. Exactly. In
2: a in exactly. a way, exactly. in a way, exactly. it's a, yeah, yeah. yeah. a DeLorean yeah. in storage with doing- <laughs> your name on it. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, I think that my favourite film is Back to the Future as well. So count me, true, in. Yeah. Count me in. on that. That's,
3: that's a, that's a double for Morgan. That's two of his favourite <laughs> things. That's
2: amazing. Oh, um, literally. Um, but, but, yeah, speaking of, of music as well, I mean, I've got to mention that solo album you did back in 2006. Yeah. Um, obviously, it was the one off, but like, have you had any inklings to do anything like that again? Uh, you know, has there been any little side projects that haven't come to f- fruition? Um, I've done two
0: other bands um, in the last kind of 15 years um, that haven't quite been right. You know, we've kind of got to rehearsals. We wrote some songs. I've made some demos. Um, I've wanted to make a little thrashy punk band my entire life. You know, like I want to be in Turnstile so much. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, but um, but. Um, it's just not me. I can't do it. <laughs> you know, and, um, and, 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 I've, and I've tried, you know, and, we, and, we, and, and I've wrote different songs and I've wrote different styles and I've done different things and I've thought about another solo record. You know, the thing is with that solo record, um, like I've actually listened to it recently. I haven't listened to that for years. And someone sent me a, um, uh, a YouTube clip of, um, of some um, like quite emotional video. and One of the songs from that called Who You Gonna Run To is in the background of it. And um, I was like, "Wow, that's a fucking great song! I can't believe I forgot about that song." So I went back and listened to that album, and um, it's 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 funny to listen to because if I'm honest, it was a really it, it was kind of the height of my addiction was that moment and that album and what and what happened during the making. Um, release and touring of that album and just after the failure of the album you know became a real kind of like it's all quite a dark cloud in my life so I, I find it quite hard to think about it and um, in any other way than that, in, some, in, in, in a horrible way. But hearing that one song, um, I mean, that song, like Imogen Heaps sung backing vocals for me, you know, it was like, it was such an amazing experience, you know, and, um, and, and, and also making it, I mean, we, we, we all know Jason Perry, um, was such a joyous experience, like um, um, becoming a friend of his and now having him in my life because of that record making experience. And also, him really being such an important part of me becoming not a complete and utter wreckhead, you know, like he was such a really strong person for me and kind of a good influence on my life. Um, yeah, he's such a solid bloke. He's such an incredible man. So it was, um, um, and, 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 you know, and that's, and the album is, 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 is fun, you know, and I listened to it and it was kind of, um, it's just a bit lost because I didn't really know what to do. Basically busted a broken up and they were, and the record company were like, don't worry, you're going to be Robbie Williams. I was like, Oh, am I? (laughs) Okay. Thanks. Brilliant. You know? Um, so we, you know, what do you want to do? I was like, I don't fucking know. I, I, I was in busted 10 minutes ago, you know? So, um, so, you know, they kind of set me up with loads of people and loads of writers and loads of kind of producers and sent me off all over the place to these big people who wrote, humongous songs for loads of people and kind of sat me down in a room to write songs and it all went really well, but I just wanted friends, you know, I just wanted to be in a band again and kind of be in that. I just really needed that. And then I met Jason Perry and he was everything I needed. And we made this album together, um, you know, and it was, um, and it was a beautiful experience. And so I have thought about maybe doing that again one day, but, um, but, um, but I I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Not right now. (laughs) Not right now. One day. Yeah, but I think we'd all love to see you in a punk
2: band, though, uh, at some point. Well, definitely yeah, I was something. just
3: about to say, I was about to say, if you're ever looking for somebody to just yell in a stupid Welsh accent over it. Fantastic, Hello? brilliant. brilliant. I am, you I'm in, shout. I am in. Yeah. Um, I've, I'm in. I've, I've, I've talked
0: about it with um, with our drama, Eddie Frower, quite a lot as well, because me and Eddie um, would love to, um, to do something. So we were on the lookout for a guitar player you know and um, and so if you know of anyone or anyone's listening get in touch slip into my DMs and um, and maybe we can do some shit you know who knows oh you shouldn't have done that <laughs> oh that's the wrong. <laughs> oh, <I
2: know>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh we'll have to we'll have to edit that bit though he's asking for DMs <laughs> it's going to be a lord of goths to so listen to this going I am in I am in
1: <laughs> oh. um, <laughs>
3: Um, yeah, so no, you mentioned like Turnstile and stuff. I was just wondering what the bands of kind of now that you're uh, into or what you've listened to lately or what's upset you. Know, if you know what? That's <laughs> I,
0: honestly, I don't fucking listen to anything anymore. Like, like re- really, like at the moment, like I only listen to music in the gym, um, and I'd say ninety-five percent of that is Rage Against the Machine um which is is the best thing to train to and i listen to podcasts you know so i'm very kind of like since in the last three years i'm i've been so out of the fucking scene or out of the music world i kind of feel very um i I have no knowledge of new music (laughs) you know and um and so i'd love to find some new some new stuff so if you can recommend anybody i'd love to hear them oh yeah send me some stuff
3: where to start yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll do. do after yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah,
0: we'll do, we'll do. Um, um,
2: in all that as well, and um, a couple of a couple of things I did want to ask is we, on this podcast from time to time. Right, we found out some very strange rumors that our guests have been involved in um, over over the years. I'm sure with everything from tabloids to blogs and. Twitter and everything—you've experienced some wild rumors about yourself. Does any is anything come to mind where you've looked at and just gone, "How that? Where's that come from?" Sean once had a glass eye uh, talked yeah, about with you. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, apparently I've got a glass eye. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, so you'd think if I move quickly right, they would spin away, but no, it stays.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, apparently I've got quite a few other children. Um, that, um, oh. Oh. that I don't know of, and I've never met the person. Um, <laughs>
2: Here's one today.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, like there's. Um, Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was quite a few rumours of me fathering children around the world. Um, isn't true. Yeah, I was always too drunk. Yeah, you know. So this um, um, <laughs> just wasn't a possibility. <laughs> um, so, um, so that was always quite funny. Any other, any other funny rumours? Um. Oh God. I don't know. I mean, you can make one up about yourself now as well
2: if you'd want to. I mean, somebody w- somebody
3: once once claimed they had a fake hip as well. I don't know why fake things with me. A fake, a fake eye, hip. A fake, a fake, eye. fake eye.
0: Wow. Broken. Just yeah. Just just faking it. Just no, no. I mean, to be honest, like I've I've had a lot of tabloid stuff about me, and most mm. of it was true unfortunately so whenever i read something i was like oh yeah shit yeah that's true oh, fair, yeah, fair yeah. Play, oh fair actually play.
3: Yeah, it didn't it didn't it didn't quite go that well so they've 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 done new exactly exactly oh what um what was a moment for you when you were in busted where you just looked about and you were like what the fuck how is this happening or A moment you met somebody or hung out with somebody that you were amazed by, like the first one you you were like, "I can't believe
0: this is going on." Have you got a moment like that? I've got a couple. Um, uh, Glastonbury was um, was the moment for me. Like, I mean, I mean, I mean, to be honest, when we got announced for Glastonbury, um, it was such a big deal because it's such a kind of, you know, it's there's such an such a thing about Glastonbury, isn't there? Like, um, it's like it's like people like us don't play Glastonbury. You know, like or even go. You know, so you know, so it's like, um, so it's like, it's like, it's such such a thing, isn't it? You know, so to be offered to play was incredible, and then, um, and then we were playing a tent, which was like three and a half thousand people, I think, in the tent, and um, and I found out that Jeremy Corbyn was on the main stage at the same time. So I was like, fuck, you know. So we're gonna play to (laughs) a fucking dead tent. You know, I was so pissed off about it, but I was like, fuck it. I'm going to have the best fucking time, you know? So my wife was there, you know, some friends were there. And, um, and about 45 minutes before we went on, they kind of came and they went, um, guys, we've had to shut the field. And I was like, what? And they went like, they they went, it's, it's chaos. Like it's, it's too full. We've had to shut the entrance and shut the whole field off. And I was like, I was like, I was like, what, 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 you know? And then I kind of, um, and someone showed me some pictures of what was happening just before we went on. And so there's the tent, which is, um, you know, three and a half thousand people, and then there's a field outside where people could kind of like accumulate, and there was bars and restaurants and stuff, and there was over ten thousand people outside the tent. So it was like, um, wow. so they put speakers out there, they made it a big thing, and I just. Um, and it just—I I, I just couldn't get over it. And it was like it was—it's just one of those gigs that will forever go down in my life as being such a joyous affair. And I remember, like, literally, like at one point, like we'd never do this, but me, James, and Charlie hugged. You know, <laughs> in the in the, in the <laughs> middle of the like, towards the end of the set, we just looked at each other and we just had a big joint hug, as if to say, "Fucking look, boys," you know, like. You know, like who would have fucking thought that, you know, not let alone we'd be back together, let alone we'd be friends again. And this is happening. It was just really one of those amazing things, you know. And, um, and slam dunk happened for me, which I was really worried about. I was really terrified of that, you know. I was like, we're going to get fucking piss thrown at us. It's going to be, you know, no and way. it was the was the complete opposite. It went off, you know, and I think some, some rumors had happened that it might possibly be us, but it was, it was, um, it was such an amazing first gig. And the second gig was just incredible. Like it was the most amazing atmosphere. And um, and and the way we play Busted Tracks now feels like that. Like it feels like it fits in that kind of festival. Like our live band now is very much the live band we want to be. You know, so it's um and we and um and I think it's the band that that, that, that busted fans want to hear, you know, that, so it's um it was um it was a really most amazing fee. And I'm gonna I'm gonna make one that is a bit sentimental and a bit lame, but I'm sorry. But yeah, the, no. the night no, I first the, the night I first hung out with my wife was um, in Miami at the MTV Music Awards, and we'd kind of um, we'd be inter we she'd interviewed Busted on TRL in like 2003 or something, and like um, in like early 2004 we were over shooting in America, and the MTV Music Awards were there. We we're walking down a red carpet, no one knew who the fuck we were, so we we're walking down there. Suddenly we heard Busted, Busted, Busted. I looked over, and it was the fit girl from MTV. And I was like, oh my God, guys, go, go, they were, like, they were like, come on, let's just go straight in. Let's just go straight in. I was like, please, 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 please. So I dragged them over to talk to Emma um, and because um, I was obsessed with her, you know? And it just so happened that the people that we were with knew the crew that she was with. So we were like, they were like, what are you doing later? And so they knew. And so in the end we hung out and we had this one night in Miami at the MTV music awards at like fucking, you know, Pharrell Williams' party, where there was like, you know, I mean I'm gonna sound like a pretentious <laughs> dickhead, but there was there was actual white tigers chained up as you entered the what? fucking party. Like it was it was ridiculous. And like dancing girls with snakes and stuff. Like it was the most insane party ever. But um and me and Emma just had this amazing night together where we just hung out and got to know each other. And that kind of became a while later, our relationship, which ended up being now we're married, we've got three kids, and it's kind of um, so it was this one you know, that's and it was, awesome. it was it was it was it was one yeah. moment in yeah, it was a really awesome moment in my life. That's awesome, that's beautiful. very,
3: very good. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Um, yeah. yeah, just a quick nip back to those tigers. That means Joe, <laughs> I'm thinking Joe Exotic might have been there with those tigers.
0: Uh. I mean, he very
3: well could be. Ooh. Oh, you might have yeah. been in the present. I know Pharrell's pretty impressive, but the tiger king—that's <laughs> one oh, of that's one of twenty <laughs> upcoming stars, breakthrough stars,
2: <laughs> Joe Exotic. Um, oh. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, beautiful story. Obviously, so beautiful. But Matt, just uh, two very quick things now before we let you go. I mean, obviously, you know you're very open about your sobriety and mental health, and you you're very vocal about kind of breaking that stigma for men, especially. Mm. with mental health um, issues and not talking about it but i was just wondering if there was anything of like advice of wisdom or anything you could share for those maybe listening who are going through a rough time with all this and uh find that hard to um to cope with stuff and, and talk a bit more
0: yeah man i mean i mean the thing is I'm, I'm, I'm part of a um i'm part of a, a community of people that if I, if I if i if i if i was a member i'm not really supposed to say i am but there is an anonymous group of people that if you have a problem with um, drink or drugs or anything and you Google it, it will pretty, pretty much be the first thing that comes up. Um, it's an anonymous um, group, and that's for a certain reason. I don't want to get into the details of that, but there's a reason why it's anonymous. Yeah, sure. But, um, but um, uh, I'm quite vocal about it. It saved my life, and it's, um, and it's something which I feel very passionately about. Um, it's, it's so hard because it, if, it, the thing is, I think if you think you have a problem – You very likely do, you know, and in in which capacity that is, is different because I know people like Charlie Simpson who can drink like a fucking machine, but he's not an alcoholic, you know, and I and, 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 you know, I know other people who can do copious amounts of drugs and are not drug addicts. I can't do either of those things because I'm an alcoholic and a drug addict, you know, so, um, but, um, so, so there are different, there are different, um, levels, I think, and, and different ways people cope. And I think especially right now, there's such, um, there's such a, such a level of, of loneliness that is happening right now, which I, I can't really comprehend, you know, which must be so difficult and so hard, you know, and, um, and, the, and the biggest thing I can say is, if you are listening to this right um first of all if you're the person that is suffering um there are so many people you can reach out to if you just go online there's you know there's samaritans there's all these kind of things that you can talk to you're never alone but the, more importantly if you think you may know someone who is potentially suffering in any way or potentially down or sad or anyway, you 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 can really reach out to them, and I and I and I, I, I implore you to because um, because you know it really can save a life. Picking up the phone, asking someone how they are, and not allowing them to fucking lie to you is is a big thing. You know, like um and um uh you know like I reach out to people as much as i possibly can and re- people reach out to me because they're worried about me you know which i find um a beautiful and i'm never offended by it because because i have a history you know so um so when i get a text i had a text just before this from somebody who i know and i love who just said hey man just checking in how you doing and that's the kind of thing that that i think we all as as people can do and it's such an easy thing to do and it's such an easy thing to connect and just you know and um and I I think the stigma is slightly going but there is something about about masculinity and about it not being okay to talk about how you feel or maybe lying about it you know or trying to act like you know, you should be strong. You, you should be, you know, you shouldn't feel this way when actually everybody does and everybody goes through shit and everybody feels down, everybody struggles and talking about it and hearing about and even, even the thing is that sometimes um, I'm, 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 I have to really stop myself from giving advice because that's not what is always needed. Sometimes you just need to listen. And sometimes some people just need to talk, you know, because there's professionals who can give advice. I'm not one of those professionals. If you come to me with a drink or drug problem, I know quite a bit about that. I can maybe help you. If it's, um, if it's a mental health problem, I, I can listen and I can, and I can point you in a direction. I think all I'm saying is if you think you know someone, if you think you might think somebody might need some help or you haven't heard from somebody for a while or they've gone a bit quiet. Fucking give them a call, drop them a text, FaceTime them, get in their face, you know, because people need human contact and need love. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. That was, um, yeah, it's nice. That was very, very nice. Um, and just to flip it on the other side, um, final question from me, um, going back to your time as king of the jungle and uh, I'm a celebrity, you uh, had to eat a, a crocodile penis and a, a kangaroo's anus. So, oh, just clock, wanted to know, how do they clock. taste, and if you wanted one
0: since? <laughs> um, it's a once-a-week thing now for me. Okay. Um, you know, they're quite hard. They're, quite ho- they're you know, because of Brexit, they've become quite hard to get hold of. But um, uh, they're yeah, you know, mm. it's, it's <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I haven't had anything like that since. But um, but you know, well, uh, who, who knows? Who fucking knows? Yeah.
3: You know what? <laughs> no no urge to pop a crock cock in. Right? Just, oh, I fancy a <laughs> just a crock cock.
0: Not right now. Um, not right now. Uh, no. Uh, no. Well, it's early. It's early. It's <laughs> not even dinner time yet, you know. Um,
3: yeah, Oh, just yeah, before you go, um yeah, we should definitely talk about it um when no one's watching. The podcast. Yes. What a great what a what a brilliant idea. What a great idea. Oh, thanks. Um can you talk to us a little bit more about that?
0: yeah we're just about to um we're just launching season two now we kind of um uh basically we, uh, me and my friend matt richardson who's a comic um we do a podcast called when no one's watching and it's about the shit that people go up to when no one's watching the guilty pleasures that people like i mean and we have we have had all sorts i mean from kind of spot popping to fucking you know to um um taking all your clothes off to have a poo that's quite common apparently <laughs>
3: Uh, <laughs> Probably it is. That's, yeah, got an friends. actual
0: thing, you know, um, to, um, to collecting your menstrual blood and feeding it to your plants. I mean, we've had an oh. awful lot of things that have come out in this podcast. And, and everyone has these little things that they do when no one's watching. You know, like I, hmm. I, I, I rehearse conversations I'm going to have with people before I have them, and I go over previous <laughs> ones that I've had that I wish I'd said different things to in front of the mirror. I only realized that the other day when we were talking, I was like, oh, shit, I do this as well. But, you know, when we first started the podcast, I was like, I don't really have many of these things. And every week I'm like, oh, actually, and I also do this fucking weird thing. <laughs> (laughs) You know, so, um, it's, (laughs) um, it's, 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 it's really funny. It's light hearted. It's, um, it's, it's perfect really in lockdown. I think because, you know, it's just, um, there's not, there's, there's no serious tone to it. We just have a laugh. We take the piss, but we take the piss in a loving way and, um, and people open up and own up to their shame and, um, and we get to judge (laughs) them accordingly. So, um, so season two starts, um, uh, like this week. And the first episode is busted. So I have busted nice. together for the first episode, nice. which I'm very fucking excited about. And it's a really good episode. It's yeah,
3: good. Oh, <laughs> I kind of want the insight now. I was going to ask what <laughs> happens, but it literally spoils the episode. So yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Thank yeah, you for it's doing
2: this. An absolute pleasure. Thank you, man. Great to Thank see you. you. And um, Yeah. I'm just excited for everything.
0: Thanks so much, guys. Really good chat.
2: yes Yes. oh i loved it i love that man he's wonderful what a great conversation
3: yes what a lovely lovely chap um yeah i did reach out a while ago and um i I don't think he saw it in his dms and then um on the charlie when i told charlie to give him a prod (laughs) um I don't think he did. Um, <laughs> but then, uh, yeah, Matt eventually saw the message, got in touch, and then, yeah, we, had, you know, it, it took like two weeks to sort it out. So thank you very much to Matt for, for coming on. We had a good time. He's messaged me since then saying he had a great time and he is looking for some sort of rock guitarist. Yeah. So,
2: that was um, that mm-hmm. was interesting. I, I mean, I'd love to see him in like a gothic punk rock band or anything like that. He's got the, well, he's got the look for it for one, and he's got a great voice. So I think it's just a recipe for success. I wonder what
3: Willis's like crazy screaming voice is like. I wonder if he's got like a, a mad... <gasps> st- imagine what that would sound like. I'm just imagining it like. <laughs> just stop for a second, just
2: oh Ooh, nice, nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> but yeah thank you so much matt um a pleasure i mean just hearing him give support about mental health as well and doing everything with the nhs in these uh wild times is is a uh, accomplishment on his own and yeah it's a small world of how many people jason perry our good friend and wonderful producer frontman of a has um has helped along the way isn't it sean
3: oh unbelievable um yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely naturally because he's <laughs> he's helped more people, and I think he realizes as well. And yeah, I love him very much. Thank you very much to Jason for existing as always. And um, yeah, oh, uh, Matt Willis's new podcast is out uh, when no one is watching. Season two started February the second, so uh, which was a couple of days ago. So uh, yeah, check that out. It's very funny. It's an episode with busted as well. So mm. tidy.
2: Yeah, definitely, and I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what else comes from uh, the Willis camp in the future. I think I think it would be interesting to see him revisit that that solo work as well. But um, I'm going to put it out there now, Sean. So we've had two thirds of Busted. We've had Charlie on multiple times. This is the Matt episode. Yeah. James Bourne is definitely listening to this, as you know, as he always does. Because why wouldn't he? he of course he does. He. Um, in You're office. invited, James. James, come on. You're invited on. We're just waiting for you to get in touch. Let's have a laugh. It'll be great.
3: Yes. Yes, we will. Come on, James. 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 Let's just gonna chant going until he comes on. James. 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 Oh, oh no. I just sort of uh. keep going. All oh, right. So next week's episode will just be <laughs> us chanting James. <laughs> and then a week after, until he says yes. Like mm. And then... That's yeah, true but I think we'd annoy enough people <laughs> Who subscribe to our podcast With that That they'd f- finally get in touch with James And be like Please go on the podcast
2: um, Yeah that That's that's a good shot But I was also going to tell people To please tweet and message Emma Willis Nice Because I think she'd be a fantastic guest Yes yeah, she so, would Yeah, she would Let's she just could make tell it us, happen
3: Yeah she could tell us If she saw Joe Exotic In uh, in that party uh, in LA
2: ooh, that would He be, must be, have
3: been there He could have been If his <laughs> lions and tigers Or whatever Was at that party Surely it's big Joe like
2: them. The, so that would have been like two thousand and three, two thousand and four time. It's prime Joe. He's out there hanging out with people, supplying the tigers. I mean, in and mad. In the mad, busted Tiger King and Pharrell. That's a party we'd all love to have, uh, have a look at.
3: Yeah, what a strange yeah, what a strange combination.
2: <laughs> you never put them 3 together, yeah, would you? Together at last. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, but Sean, um, I do believe today is Bandcamp Friday. For oh, those yes, who don't is. know Well um, remembered, thank you. That is a it's, 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 well tell us all about it, Sean. Tell us all oh, about Tessel. it. Sean,
3: hey, Sean, Bandcamp Expert. Hi guys, I'm Sean and I'm a bandcamp expert. Uh Bandcamp Friday is uh the first Friday of every month through the pandemic. Bandcamp have waived their fees and stop taking a percentage off the top from artists, um, just for this one day, so uh, yeah, today if uh, there's any chance you haven't heard my band Raiders please visit raidersbanduk.bandcamp.com and check out the music, and if you've ever thought about buying music that's mad in it, have you ever thought about buying (laughs) music check out raidersbanduk.bandcamp.com yeah, so we've got four songs out at the moment, we've just had a remix back from um, a friend of mine which is nuts it's a crazy drum and bass remix um and we have one song coming out in the future when we get to record a video when we're all um ungrounded yeah check it out raidersbanduk.bandcamp.com
2: thank you very much nice yeah well it is a time where all like artistic and creative people need that support and Bandcamp friday is a great place for that uh, especially supporting bands who are you are know, unsigned and everything like that but speaking of support i mean you are listening to this so i guess you are already a supporter of something podcast but if you'd like to you know help us out a little bit more make sure you are subscribing wherever you listen to this podcast if you have an iphone go on to apple podcasts and leave a comment and a nice review and follow us on our social media pages at sapnin on twitter and instagram but most importantly we would love you to go and check out patreon.com forward slash sapnin to give a little bit back to the podcast join a wonderful community and get some mad goodies in between
3: yes please do yeah this has been a fantastic episode i've enjoyed matt very very much and uh, yes see everybody next week i guess
2: well, we will. But before that, if you head to the description of this episode, there's loads oh, of names, Sean, that we need shit. to thank because there's beautiful, beautiful people help make this podcast happen. I don't...
3: Whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't say beautiful people anymore. Ah. Uh, Easily wind it. Anyway
2: so, <laughs> so anyway there's loads of names we need to thank yes. and Sean is going to give a massive shout out to the elite members of our Sapmin Podcast Patreon community they've probably changed their names to something funny to have a laugh at our expense but we'll find out now I don't know I don't know let's have a, let's have a laugh Sean
4: hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince
3: Right, thank you very much to Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Leeway, Mitch Perry, Emma Barber, Kelly Young, Lord Dilly, Spiced Rummington of Barefoot, Nathan Croshaw, Michael Engler, Liam Conley, Paul Urshfield, Kelly Irwin, Dana Lasnova, Kat and Sammy G, Lord Tom, Lucas Eddington of Vans, Armandine Urbano, Tony Michael, the real Slim Sharney, and Am- Amy Campion Johnny Phillips Lord Scott Tetley Teton of Adidas Bert Dan Gies. Thank you very much He's new new, subs, uh, new Patreon member Dan Gies Woo Woohoo Welcome to the gang Sorry um, Thank you very much To Simon Amos Kate Stevenson Jenny Sexy Boy Munster Martina McManus Danny Eaton Erin Howard Emily Senegals Lucy Deans John and Emma Becky Andy Jenny Robertson Louis Cook Marcy Jacobson Jason Oredia Lord Craig Coffeeton of RST Boots Harris, Caroline Robinson, Sandra Kuwachek, Kelly Cannon, James McNaught, Kevin Clark, Carl Pendlebury, Livy Cropper, Tallulah Grant, Stuart McNaught, Lydia Henderson, Sharif Awadali, Chris Howard, Lord Ollie Squashinton of Vans, Katrina Wilma Dickfit or Wilma Fingerdo Robinson, Lord Jacob Rumton of Hummel, Josh did you hear about an explosion at chief Factor? At a cheese factory. No one died, but there was debris everywhere. Chris. Good Lord. Alice Wood. Adam Parslow. And thank you very, very, very much to those people. You are saints.
2: Yes, we love every single one of you. You helped make this thing happen. And uh, yeah, we literally couldn't do it without you. So thank you very much to everyone involved at patreon.com for it's that's happening. If you're still listening to this and you're not a part of the group, thank you, but please go and check it out. And just before we round this week's episode up, Sean, is there anything else you would like to mention? Um, any funny stories or anything to leave on a lightheartedly on?
3: Oh yeah, I did a podcast called Insane in the Membrain with uh comedian rich wilson which was uh, really fun and really interesting so yeah check that out um if you've got an hour spare after you've listened to this um crazy con- sense, which is content and nonsense um other than that i nothing i can think of was there anything else i was meant to remember
2: we did a podcast together as well called another goddamn fangirl which you could go and check out now and we have a lovely chat with them about how we started and just well fangirling about what we do basically.
3: Yes, uh, yeah, it was a lovely chat with them both. Um, yeah, check that out as well. Um, and yeah, I've done I've done quite a few podcast other people's podcasts lately as well. So it's I'm all over the I'm going bloody podcast mad, yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for listening. Uh, next week's episode is. Some would say The complete other end of the spectrum
2: <laughs> Yeah no one's going to expect What we're releasing next Friday Literally, Do you know
3: what?
2: Here's a competition
3: Where you win uh, My admiration I don't know Because I've got Whoa. nothing to offer Whoa. Oui. If you can guess Who next week's Podcast guest is Before next week you win my admiration so uh, yeah good luck with that everyone
2: <laughs> none of none.
3: you will ever have my admiration so don't you're not gonna guess who it is either
2: <laughs> but it's it's gonna be a good one I'm very excited about it so be prepared click subscribe and we will see you on Sapling Podcast next Friday
3: bloody hell every Friday for fucking Fridays Friday so <laughs> Joshua on a t-shirt every fucking
2: Friday. Oh. Right, got to go. Got to do some right. merch. <laughs> Ta-da. Sablin.
3: You're listening to Subninn podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what
2: else to do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much.